Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of the Sugar King Podcast with me, Rudy, and Sheldon. Hey, I'm Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> We're back at it. We got more things to discuss today because I think the next step in crypto is, you know, once you kind of understand it, and as Sheldon explained to me last week, how it all works and kind of what the blockchain is doing in the back end and the scenes behind everything. So today I'm like, all right, it's time to buy crypto to easily set up a Coinbase account or whatever mm-hmm. exchange you want to use, typically a centralized exchange. But now that I have crypto, now I bought some Ethereum, I bought some Bitcoin, and now I'm looking at these people telling me, oh, you should move your crypto to MetaMask and start using these different protocols and getting NFTs. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to try it out. But Sheldon, like I'm looking at these wallets. There's so many different types of wallets, MetaMask, Frame, uh, like even Coinbase has their own wallet. Like I, there's too many. <laughs> I don't know what they're all doing. Yeah. Mobile wallets, web wallets, like why? Why so many? And what's what's going on with them? Yeah. So basically, like um, the idea is that um, take us a quick step back. So MetaMask, you can come in, like in the browser, so that browser extension, or you can download the actual mobile app itself. Um, and the idea is that what it does, it spins up an address on the blockchain for you, right? So you now have an address that you can both send crypto from, that you actually have the keys to send the crypto from it, and then you can receive crypto to that address. You can think of it as like an email address, right? And so when you actually go through Coinbase and you buy the Ethereum on there or any other like token, like crypto token, um, you can then go through Coinbase and actually click to send it to a particular address. And if you look at MetaMask, you can click on MetaMask and drop down or it's your mobile app. It gives you like a 40-digit uh, like kind of hexadecimal number that you can then send um, from Coinbase to yourself, which is a MetaMask wallet. That makes sense. But this MetaMask control it? Like how, how do they? No, so, yeah, that's a great yeah. question. Great question. So MetaMask itself, um, the organization, the company does not control the actual um, wallet inside your computer. That's now a wallet that's stuck to your computer that that stored the keys locally on your device. There's no company that is actually controlling the assets that gets into that particular uh, plugin or actual mobile app. Uh, so that's why they're so yep. strict on making sure you save your recovery phrase and writing that phrase down and storing it somewhere yeah. safe. Yeah, because the things are like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that those, 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 I think it's like 12 words that you get, those are like really the way you can generate your wallet again and if you don't write that down or save it somewhere, um, there's no way that you can actually get your assets back right now, like from without uh, oh, wow. putting those doors in. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty intense for now. So is it one wallet that I'll have with MetaMask? Do I have to make a, like, how do I get more wallets? And what's the recovery yes. phrase do with all those wallets? So technically speaking, like the actual words that you get, they generate a, a private key and public key pair. So kind of take away the technical language of that. It basically generates a generator of wallets, right? Based on some private key, some key that you own. And so you can always spin up more addresses on the blockchain from that like private key that you have and control all those different addresses. But you don't necessarily need to have multiple different browsers or multiple different extensions um, to get different wallets. The actual MetaMask itself plugin can create more for you. But for the general consumer, they literally just like have, they only think of that they only have one wallet um, in their MetaMask. It's pretty simple and pretty easy to understand to start. Yeah. And now once I move my 
Ethereum to MetaMask because it doesn't work with Bitcoin, right? It's a, you need a separate wallet for that one. Yeah, because it's a separate blockchains altogether, right? So Bitcoin, the blockchain, um, has Bitcoin, the asset, like the actual token that's moving on the Bitcoin blockchain that's used in the Bitcoin blockchain to pay for gas or do things on the Bitcoin blockchain. And then Ethereum, which is another blockchain, completely separate system uh, that has Ethereum and it also has the ability to program and create more tokens and more assets. So if you think of like um, uh, other assets that, are, that you've heard of, they're most likely on the Ethereum blockchain and not the actual Bitcoin blockchain because Bitcoin does not have smart contracts, which enable you to actually create more tokens and other more complex types of financial instruments. Gotcha. All right. That makes, that yeah. makes sense. And like, yeah, obviously two different credit cards don't really work together either. So like, yeah, ma like MasterCard <laughs> and Visa, they don't really share that much information. You have to kind of use MasterCard or Visa. And if it's accepted there, then it's accepted. If it's not, it's not. Mm -hmm. All right. So I got Ethereum on Coinbase. I bought it there. I have a MetaMask wallet now. I generated my private key. Well, my public key, that's what I send it to. For sure. And I send some Ethereum on it. And now I'm like, all right, I'm, I, I want to buy an NFT that my friend made because I just like their artwork and they have it hosted on OpenSea. But it's asking me to like confirm using OpenSea, even though my wallet is already connected to OpenSea. That's yeah. kind of confusing. So why is there so many steps? Yeah, so I guess so to give a bit of context for people who don't know, so OpenSea itself is a NFT marketplace, right? So for people who are creating different type of digital collectibles, they can put it on this um, marketplace, kind of like an eBay or Amazon, where you can put like a storefront, you can sell your NFTs there. Um, and so for your friend who basically created the NFT, he, he created a 10,000 collection of whatever he, of let's say <laughs> koala bears, right? Um, <laughs> he can put those koala bears up for sale on that, on that storefront. And for you who's coming in to actually use it, you have your MetaMask, shiny new MetaMask you just downloaded from the Google Play Store on your Android or iOS store. You went to his, his uh, OpenSea website storefront and you clicked on the actual um, NFT that you want to buy. What's going to happen there is that you have to do two things. One is approve um, from OpenSea itself to actually uh, uh, move the assets for you. So basically they have to be like allowed to say, hey, I could take money from your MetaMask wallet and give you the NFT. And the second thing is actually you have to um, then approve for uh, the actual transaction itself to go through. But the first part of it is just giving permission for OpenSea to say, hey, we're allowed to transact with you and like move the money for you. And the second thing is actually moving the assets itself. So like if you want to buy the Koala Bear for um, an ETH, right? You can send the ETH mm -hmm. to Coinbase or to OpenSea and then they send you the asset, the NFT back to you. Okay, that makes sense. And then... There's a lot of steps in there. That, I know it's pretty complicated. <laughs> it's a lot of steps, but it's kind of yeah, making yeah. sense now because yeah. I always see like... Um, People are trying to be saying, be cautious of websites or fake domains or fake open C yeah. websites because of that part where you said that I have to approve and allow open C to interact with my wallet. Yeah. My MetaMask wallet. Yeah. So what happens if I connect it to like a malicious site, like some, you know, fake website that pretended to be the open C. Yeah. I mean, so what happened uh, back in like 2021, is when there's a huge like NFT craze, and a lot of people are creating different NFTs. Um, there's a lot of like fake websites that came out to basically scam people, right? And so what the, the scam kind of attack vector was is that they they created a website that looked just like OpenSea or just like a common NFT marketplace. And people who were unsuspecting, they 
approved for their wallet to be connected to that website. And they approved mm -hmm. that website to basically move all their assets, right? Move everything that I own in my, my actual MetaMask wallet. And for someone who doesn't actually know what's going on, they basically just signed away all of the assets, all their things that they're saved in that MetaMask wallet. So now the actual malicious actor can basically take control of all the assets, which is a bad thing in the business because the user experience is pretty bad right now. Um, yeah. But like, that's improving. That's getting better. Like the actual verification of things are getting a lot better. And like, that's a lot, it's a bit harder now to do that, but it's still fairly common, as sad as to say. That makes me think about it. So it sounds like I shouldn't put all my funds into like a different wallet that I am planning to interact with these different protocols. Yeah. So for, for pretty like um, ones that you're, you believe in a lot, like you trust, like for example, an OpenSea or um, um, Coinbase or like Etherscan is also another uh, place where people approve typically. Um, people tend to be okay with approving on their main uh, wallet. But for places that you haven't heard of or they're new, they just came out, there's a hot NFT clash that came out on Twitter. Um, people should basically set up a different wallet that they have in their MetaMask uh, extension or mobile app and use that as like a test case just to be safe, just because you don't, you never really know what you're interacting with. And so you never want to be in a situation where like you use your main one and like you approve it and, and you get caught up in the, in the scam. It's kind of like good practices that people have learned over time. It sounds scarier than it really is, I feel like, because... For sure. Like anything else, there's a lot going on in the back end of any internet interaction that you do. Yeah. The user experience just made it much easier. And I think like that's what you're working on is making yeah. the user experience easy for people to interact with like lending. So like Uniswap is a great place that has a decentralized exchange where you can interact with anything that's available on Ethereum. Yeah. But that's also and one that's also something where you have to take a step into allowing to use your wallet with and then you can use your wallet in uniswap to swap out ethereum with any other token in yeah the ethereum I, mean, I, I don't want to sound like a doomer because it makes seems like we're like bashing all the, the user experience of it all but like at, at the end of the day like there are certain like new things that people tend to like need to, to pick up as they're getting involved in the purpose space and so i think it's good just to, like uh, at least highlight some of the ways that people have been scammed before and actually like, uh, yeah. here's ways that you yeah, can avoid safety that. 101. Tell us <laughs> yeah. like, like, this is the most important <laughs> thing. It's a money. We don't have, yeah, sure. we don't have a, I mean, we have a good way of keeping our funds safe nowadays, but what is a safety 101? Because yeah, I see scams all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean like the, the first, the first and foremost is that like, I'd say double, triple check the places that you're interacting with, like make sure you look at the actual user, the, the, the address, make sure that's a, that's something that you recognize and it's not like, um, something you haven't heard of before, just because like also a common thing that people do is that they would, again, in the same case where they're creating fake websites of another platform, they also, um, try to create different Twitter accounts that makes it look like you're coming from the real one. And they post the links there of like, um, their fake site. And so definitely make sure if you're finding things on Twitter uh, to be much more cautious as a, like you're not clicking on random stuff. <laughs> it's like one of the, if, if anyone's, uh, I guess if anyone's been in the corporate company lately, it's like those training seminars they make you do. <laughs> like make yeah. sure you watch out for phishing emails. If you get an email from the CEO asking for your personal number or they have a favor yeah. for, you, for you to do, it's most likely <laughs> a scam. So 
Yeah. It's pretty like, it's just like that folks. It's like what you've pretty much learned at work as like a, like a safety seminar. It's actually a very similar idea of crypto. Just be careful what you're looking at. Make sure the URL is legitimate. Don't trust the internet plainly. You have to make sure <laughs> it's from the correct source. Yeah. yeah, that's like a general rule of thumb. Don't ever just trust yeah. the internet plainly. Yeah, just pick a random link. <laughs> no, don't ever do. But the thing is, like, I don't even type in. I don't even fully type in. Uh, URLs in the, in the search. Yeah. Like, I, just, I search for things like I search for Twitter. I search for Twitter to go on Twitter. I'm like, why am I doing yeah. this? I know it's Twitter.com, but I don't know why I'm searching for it to look like it. So. <laughs> I mean, it's a matter of like user experience, right? Like at the end of the day, it is like incumbent on developers and the like, people who are building in the space to make this whole thing easier. And that's definitely getting better, right? Like again, in the case of Sugarcane, for example, like DeFi itself and accessing different like financial products across the crypto ecosystem. It's still pretty clunky, right? You have to go to the actual website. Um, you have to basically connect your MetaMask to a new website every single time. You have to even like figure out their own unique interactions there. And what you see with like, for example, like Robinhood, right? They made that whole user experience of accessing options or stocks or ETFs very easy. And that's what brought a whole new people, people who didn't have access to options or stock trading in a simple interface. And so that's kind of things we're trying to do for like crypto, right? Like, there's a whole bunch of different DeFi ecosystem applications. How do we then bring a kind of uniform standardized interface and interaction with those different products? So you don't have to reconnect every single time and also have your keys and like the actual assets to just store um, kind of monitored for you. So you get text message alerts. That's also not something that's, that's um, currently in the crypto space, but like being able to notify you if something changes or uh, make the whole inter interface and interactions easier. But again, like that'll just like those interactions are things we're building at Sugarcane, and I think will come to a lot of other parts in the ecosystem. Yeah, that's like the thing too yeah. is when you connect to so many different protocols, OpenSea, Uniswap, um, like yeah. Matcha is another one, and yeah, kind of never ends. Like if you want to interact with a different token, that's how you do it. Yeah. But then what happens if one of those projects or tokens get hacked? Like how do we know the smart contract that we're interacting with? is safe and if it becomes uh attacked what happens to our funds is that safe yeah i mean again not to get in like a doomer sense like in, in anything that you're interacting with <laughs> um there is a there is a risk there but i do believe that like people will not need to actually ever think about smart contracts like going forward right the general consumer doesn't need to actually have to hey i have to look at this 40 character hexadecimal number, I have to think about my addresses, I think about my chains, I think about all this gas, like these real the reality is that like, while those are nice to be at the base level, I just don't think the general consumers gonna have to actually care about that. So mm -hmm. I think the level of like safety is also gonna rise too, right? You're gonna have to actually start having like insurance funds or insurance that is able to back up your assets in the event of a hack, right? But right now that's not a thing. That's not something that people actually currently have access to. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of exciting development going on and like For sure. also i've been noticing too with different wallets they actually have like transaction limits so say mm -hmm. if you have i don't know 10 eth in a wallet you can actually limit the smart contract to only allow an interaction with 0.1 eth if that's what you're using yeah and that way it's a good good barrier to like keep your funds safe while also having all your funds with your uh, account. 
Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that one. Like, um, in the case of back to like the your friend created the the NFT collection, um, and you're using OpenSea as an application to to buy that. What typically happens in that interaction is that you unsuspectingly, like a lot of people don't actually are aware of this, but they actually allow OpenSea to to use and move any, all of their assets, like all of their ETH that they have. But what technically can happen is that you can actually set specific amounts, right? I can say if this NFT is costing Let's say one ETH, it's a very expensive entity, but let's say that's the case. Uh, it costs one ETH. I can limit it instead of saying, I want to transact and have OpenSea have access to everything. I only want OpenSea to have access to one ETH. So now I'm protected in the case that OpenSea gets hacked. Like it, and let's say, hopefully they, they don't, but like, let's say they, they do, you're only exposed um, for that one ETH you use to transact with the NFT and get your NFT back. Ooh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And I guess for ease of use, they allow full access just so they don't have to keep reminding you or asking for yeah. why transactions yeah. aren't working. But yeah, so I guess to sum that up for like, the, that's the Ethereum space of yeah. you know, DeFi, NFTs, and different protocols working together and smart contracts interacting with each other. I know Bitcoin is like working its way there now. So if anyone's a Bitcoin fan, <laughs> it's kind Maxi. of getting there. Bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> <And>, Maxis. <laughs> Bitcoin Maxis, I think, <laughs> uh, there's like two sides one's like not into it the other side's kind of into it so yeah i'm excited for the collaboration but i know there's plenty of other blockchains like solana trying to do the same thing and polygon's kind of a mix between you know an evm compatible chain but also its own chain which we'll go into later episodes everyone this is like we're slowly working our way up to like the progression <laughs> of what it's like to interact with crypto and this is just step two where we're like we're learning about how to even buy crypto and then what to do yeah. when you with it when you buy it and how to stay safe in the DeFi crypto space mm. of Ethereum. But yeah, like Sheldon is like else defining transactions. <laughs> yeah. So what is a transaction? Final what is a blockchain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's so much more. But next week is gonna be a fun one too, because we're gonna go deep into what's happening technically in the back end and what's yeah. uh, how's everything proved. But yeah, thank you again, Sheldon, for explaining more stuff to me. I have another lot more questions next week. But if anyone has those questions, please let us know. If you have any questions, let us know. We'll do our best to explain it. <laughs> See you, everyone. That sounds good. See you. See you.